Ho, 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 everyone. Christmas is upon us. Indeed. So what do you guys want for Christmas? I'm curious. What What is the one thing if you, I mean, it, your significant other, whoever that is, mm-hmm. what are you asking them for your favorite gift this Christmas? Katie? I was going to say, since neither one of ours listened to this podcast, this yeah. is going to do no good. It's not going to do any good. I'm just curious. <laughs> it might do good for me as long as it doesn't cost more than $20. I will get it for you. Okay. But that's the threshold for me. Then I would like $19 for Christmas. <laughs> you got it. So two checks for $19. Consider them written and delivered oh. in a card with your names on them the next time I see both of you. Exactly. Perfect. My, my name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. I'm Kelly Turner, and I am not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. And if you guys thought you were not listening to True Crime on Easy Street, you are listening to the wrong podcast because <laughs> this is about to happen. So it is. Buckle up. Yes. Uh, you're in the big chair today. Is that correct? Um, you were going to tell us a story. Katie is in uh, the okay. big chair. See, I'm, I'm the dummy. I walked in blind and dumb and drunk today. Yeah. So I have no idea. I didn't. That rousing yes just <laughs> confirms to everybody that I am indeed drunk. I didn't mean to be, but I am. Yeah, yeah, you are. Well, some things happened to me over the weekend. We will talk about that off the air. But I got here drunk today. Okay, yeah, but you're extremely jolly today. Well, let's put put it that way. We'll get to that after the episode as well. Okay, all right. Yeah, a blind squirrel finds a nut. You accused me of that last week. Uh Two weeks in a row, who knew? Anyway, so I'm going to get out of the way and let you guys tell today's story because it's something that is uh, pertinent. If If you're a Netflix subscriber, this is something that's on... Uh, your favorite streaming platform right now, if that is Netflix for you. Yes, it is. So I'm going to get out of the way. Take it away, ladies. All right, Katie. Well, today we are going to tell the story of The Watcher House. And like Scott said, if you're on Netflix, you've probably seen the Netflix original short what is it, what a limited series? Limited series, yeah. yeah it's right. called yeah. Eight or Ten Episodes, whatever it is. Yes, it's I've seen a, the first episode, and that's it. That's as smart as I am today. It's not a documentary because Mm-mm. they've taken a lot of liberties with uh, okay. the story. Yeah, Naomi Watts is in it, yeah. who is real hot, by the way. Okay. But anyway, so you know that it's dramatized. Yes. So after listening to today's episode, you can go watch the series, or if you've already watched it, Maybe you can pick out the differences between the real story and the fiction part of the series. So the Netflix series is based, and I'm doing air quotes, based yes. on a on real events. Yes. yes. And these are the real events. Correct. That they have woven into a dramatic story mm-hmm. for the Netflix series. Yes. And I'm with you. You've watched one episode, right, Scott? The first one. Okay. Katie, have you watched it I've watched it all? it all, yes. What were your thoughts? I thought if they were going to take those liberties, they could have gave us a conclusion. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I was not a fan of the show. And mm-hmm. not because, I mean, it started out with a bang. It's a, it's a really interesting and creepy story that, yeah. that mm-hmm. we're telling today. Well, they had me at Naomi Watts. That go- <laughs> well, listen, they didn't keep that you, goes obviously. back 30 years. Well, I'm going to get there. Okay. And I, you know what? I'm just going to turn the volume down and fast forward to the scenes that she is in. Oh, okay. Well, and I'm down with know, that. That's a yeah, choice. just be a little creepy, Scott. That's a, <laughs> that's a choice. Uh, Katie, we've met. You already know that I'm creepy. <laughs> oh, so Lord. you can, I, I don't know. 
I'd love to hear what other people thought of it. I, I was just not a great fan of it, but that's just me. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the majority of the reviews. Of the now, show. I enjoyed the show. I just, the ending, I was like, really? So did, loved... did they set it up for a second season? No. Is that what you're telling me? No. Okay. Not really. Okay. I love the actors yes. that are in the show. Yeah. Bobby Cannavale. And yeah. I, I've already mentioned Naomi Watts, I think. So fantastic uh, cast. Yeah. So I just didn't like the story that they chose to go with, I guess. It's, I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The that. actual story is a really um, interesting story. Like I said, it's creepy. And to me, they could have followed the actual story and it would have been an incredible really, show. Without, I really think so. Without yes. so much dramatization. But I do believe that when they bought the rights to the story, that part of that was in the contract because the actual individuals who went through this, who, who remember people lived through this. I think that was part of the contract that they wanted the family to be different than them. Mm-hmm. They wanted oh, okay. it, you know, like number of kids. Yes. And, and whatever. they just want to keep their privacy from yeah. here on out. And I think that's important and I respect that. So I think a lot of those liberties were taken mm-hmm. to extend the series and make it longer, but also to protect the family. Yeah. Well, we talked about the fact that the Dahmer series was about two episodes too long. Yeah, I think so. So you're trying to get to eight or 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. It makes it worth dropping it. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have commercial breaks. Yeah. You know, you have, have, sometimes you have something to fill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, Katie, take it away and let's, let's get this show on the road. Well, today, we're going to start, we're going to talk about a house. But before we talk about a house, we're going to talk about where that house is. That house sits, and listen to this address carefully because I'm not saying it wrong, 657 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey. Got okay. It. The street is Boulevard. Not Boulevard Street, not something Boulevard. It is 657 Boulevard. Some hoity-toity private neighborhood. It is a nice neighborhood, yes. Yeah. Like I said, it is in Westfield, New Jersey, where the residents have compared it to Mayberry. If you know anything about Andy Griffith, it, mm-hmm. that is the town in Andy Griffith. It's 45 minutes from New York, slow-paced. From New York City, that is. So it's slow-paced. It's where people go to get out of the city if they yeah. can't afford to do so. You get the one-hour commute into the city if you work mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Exactly. And a nice place to live when you're not there. It's not really a town for single people. It's a more of well-to-do families, and, you know, husband, wife, three kid situation town. You know, you don't see a lot of single people in this town or you might have older people whose children have already grown and moved on and started their own family. So I don't like this neighborhood already. That's yeah. It wouldn't be the neighborhood for you. Scott. Yeah. If, if, if there's not a bar that I can belly up to the bar at and be a bar fly, then I don't like it. No, you're, this is not the town for you. I'm out. There's about 30,000 residents. It was once ranked the 99th richest city in America and the 18th richest in New Jersey. So this is a super nice neighborhood. The house is beautiful. Yes, it really is. Is the house that is in the series the exact house no. from? No. Okay. The house in the series is bigger. It's a bigger, yes. Because okay. in a TV show, you have to make things look more grand in order for them to translate into yeah, real sure. life. You and, know? and the house in the series is a beautiful house. Yes, but it's... it's. But not the house from 
the actual events. No, it is okay. not. In 2014, when our story takes place, the website Neighborhood Scout named Westfield, New Jersey to the country's 30th safest town list. So it had a list of 30 of the country's safest towns. This town was on it. So you're increasing the creepy level of this story by insinuating that it should have been a, a nice place, a safe place to live. Well, in right. all accounts, yeah. it is a nice place and a yeah. safe place to live. Mm-hmm. Okay. One activity recognized as, um, quote unquote, treacherous by the locals is trying to buy a house. They don't come up for sale very often. When they do, it is a desirable place to live. So there are, it's, it's, a, it's an all out war to get the house you want in this okay. neighborhood. Multiple um, attempts, uh, multiple potential suitors trying to buy these mm-hmm. houses. Yes. And the boulevard was one of the most, if not the most, desirable streets in the whole town. So 657 Boulevard was built in 1905, and it was one of the grandest homes on the block at the time. So you can kind of get a, a feel for it. We're in 2014 now. So the home's old, but most of these homes in this type of neighborhood are old. You know, we're in New England. They're just, they're old. They're older than they are in the South down here because, you know, yeah. there was a thing called the Civil War. Right. And yep. we didn't. Some of those got burned down. And then, you know, we didn't have the money to really start building these grand homes back at the time. That's <laughs> Read a history book. But <laughs> in at 657, when the home was purchased in 2014, the seller received multiple offers above their asking price without the home ever actually being up for sale. Like there was never a for sale sign in the yard. It was never publicly listed. It didn't need to be because you want a home in Westfield, you're watching. Sounds like a great place to be a realtor. Yes. You, you have your realtor on, on lock and they're watching. They know, they know, Hey, Mm -hmm. so 657 is coming up for sale. Like it, it, it doesn't have to, it's, there's there's no sign in the yard. It never gets advertised. It's and the gone. Area, the area is small, so yes. we understand small town life. So you know what your neighbors are doing and yes. what's going on. The home sold for $1.3 million. This home was purchased by a couple named Derek and Maria Broadus. Maria was raised in Westfield and grew up just a few blocks away from 657. Derek grew up working class in the state of Maine, and he moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan, where he became a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford a $1.3 million house. The couple had three children, and they purchased the home right after Derek turned 40. Before they ever moved in, they began a renovation process said the house is like 3,900 square feet. And Scott, like you asked earlier, it's not the same house that's on the show. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it's 3,900 square feet. Big house. It's a, it's a big house. In a TV show, you know, you have to, that house in the TV show is probably 6,000 square feet. Like, big, you know, yeah. nice. So, I mean, the rock walls and the, yeah. Yes, the, you have to yeah. just, you have to make, it, this is still a large house. It's just in the TV show, they have to make it look larger to, yeah. for, you know, cinematic purposes. To grab you. Mm-hmm. So, before they ever move in, they come one day to check the mail, and there is a letter. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the new neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday... I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. 
My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letter went on to describe the Broadus' minivan and the renovation workers. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it is supposed to be. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think that there are three I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look out all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. The Watcher. That letter was postmarked June the 4th. The sale of the house was not finalized until two days later on June the 6th. And earlier in the week, the Broadduses had brought the kids to the home and the kids played in the backyard with several neighborhood children while they chatted with their new neighbors. Derek was at the house alone when he read the first letter. It was after 10 p.m. and he immediately called the police because, of course, he did. Yeah, that's creepy creepy AF. Yeah. An officer came to the house, read the letter, and said, and I quote, I'm going to use some Scott language here. Okay. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> this, new, this is exactly what this New Jersey cop has said. And he then suggested to Derek that he should move a piece of construction equipment that was sitting on the back porch just in case someone tried to throw it through a window. He's like, hey, you might want to move that. Someone may throw it through one of these windows. Yeah, move that anvil Mm -hmm. from that precarious position right beside your dining room window. Like I said, I was listening um, to these letters being read at my house all alone one night, and I have a bunch of large windows, and I'm sitting there. (laughs) It's dark, and I'm thinking, sometimes things on our back porch will like swing and bump, and I'm like, is that when you texted us and yes. said, I am creeped out? Yes. That was like two days ago. I remember yeah. that. I was like, oh, she's fine, but I'm not getting up off the couch. No, no. I mean, I was fine. Yes, but I was creeped out. Okay. No one was in my backyard, I don't think. But Derek goes home to their the home that they're actually living in at the time. And he and Maria email the couple, John and Andrea Woods, whom they purchased the house from, to ask if they had any idea where this letter could come from? Yeah, probably three capital letters somewhere in that WTF. Yeah. Somewhere. Andrea replies and says that they had received a letter a few days before they moved out and that it had made a similar mention of the Watcher's family watching the house over time, but said that they'd lived there 23 years and had never received anything like that. So they just kind of brushed it off. Okay. I mean, I, I could see them brushing that off, mm-hmm. getting a letter and kind of being like, oh, well, well. We're leaving yeah. anyway. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These poor bastards. They also <laughs> threw the letter away. So yeah. they didn't keep the letter. But the Woodses, they did go with Maria to the police station about the letter. 
And the detective told them not to say anything to anyone about the letters because all their new neighbors are now suspects. Yeah, I definitely would think. Yeah, okay. It'd be the neighbors yeah. that you're looking into. The letter really messed with them. I mean, they were really freaked out. Derek cancels a work trip to stay home with the family. Whenever Maria takes the kids to the new house, she just kind of goes into a panic mode. If they're playing in the yard and they get out of sight, they get too close to the edge. She Sure, she's she's a mom. She's She goes into mom mode. Mm-hmm. She's right? immediately yelling and, I mean, she calling their names, yelling, having them come back. One day, Derek's giving a tour of the renovations to a couple that's on the block. You know, people get nosy. You're doing construction in the Yeah, house. what are you doing? What's the new bathtub going to look mm-hmm. like? How, what up. color is the tile? And of course, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a renovation. You're going to show it off. Sure. So he's walking them through the house. And uh, the wife of the couple says, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. And mm. which, which reeks of the letter. Yes, and so gotcha. Derek just freezes. But you know, that's also not an uncommon phrase, I guess. I mean, it's not. It's pretty. I was thinking that that might be. Um, acute. Kind of to that area. Yeah. Yeah. We don't say that here in the South. We don't say young blood. Mm-mm. We say uh, kids or yeah. children. I mean, mostly it's like kids. Yeah. That's what we say. Yeah. But. Not that. I was just thinking maybe that in that area. That it could be, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a New York I thing. I think the creepy needle factor just went up one more notch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Right? Yeah. yeah. One night, the contractor, he had like a heavy sign placed in the yard. It was ripped out from the front yard. They don't have any idea how that happened or who did it. But two weeks after the first letter arrives, Maria stops at the house to look at some paint samples and, of course, check the mail. She recognizes the same thick black lettering on a card-shaped envelope. She immediately calls the police, but welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. The letter named the Broadus children by birth order and their nicknames. I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. And about one of the children, the letter continued. Is she the artist in the family? And claimed to have seen her painting on an enclosed porch, which was hidden from the street by trees and bushes. It would have been hard to see unless someone was behind the house or next door. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets at holes yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. 
I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my life, my job, my obsession. And now, you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Notice that the letter was addressed directly to them this time. So after this, they stopped bringing the children to the house. So would I. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm think I'm looking for a gallon of kerosene and a match at this point. I mean, as long as the insurance has come through. Yeah. Just burn it down and start over. Yes. Well, and not to anyone's surprise, they started to second guess whether they should even move in at all. Hola. Yeah. Not shocked about that. Several weeks later, the third letter arrives. Are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? The house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was so full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me and I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it's my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and wait for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. So who is sending these letters? I mean, that's the question that's we're all asking, question. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We go back to a few days after the first letter. The family went to a barbecue across the street, welcoming them and another new homeowner to the block, you know. Very wholesome. Very yeah, Westfield, New Jersey. Right. Mm-hmm. They said they kept screaming at their kids to stay close and felt like everyone probably thought they were crazy, but they thought everyone, they, they were like, this barbecue, the watcher could be here. Well, they're just not trusting anybody. And yeah. I, I don't think I would either. You're creeped out by the entire neighborhood at this point. Because mm-hmm. it could be, obviously it's somebody who lives around this house. Mm-hmm. So we think, yeah. yeah. Well, and they're saying that in the letter. They, yeah. they pass by many times yeah. a day. Right. They're obviously, they're ripping signs out. Because it's, I mean, it's got to be the, the same person, right? That that pulled Doing the everything. sign out of the, out out of the, the yard. construction sign up, yeah. You they, think? They've called their children by names and nicknames. Unless the whole neighborhood's in on it. I mean, yeah. They, dun, they, dun, saw, dun. <laughs> they saw the the girl painting on the back porch. That's just very can, important. And you can only see that from a certain area. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't blame them. No. Enter the next door neighbors, the Langfords. Peggy Langford is the matriarch and she is in her 90s. Several of her adult children in their 60s also lived with her. Her son, Michael Langford, was described as kind of a Boo Radley character. He had stayed at home this whole time. He is 
diagnosed as schizophrenic. He brings people's papers in. He's seen walking through people's yards. He is around. And the neighborhood just kind of knows him and Mm -hmm. accepts him. Yes. Yeah. At one point, they thought the case was solved. The Langfords lived in the house next to the easel on the porch. So they have, they, they are one of the only directions. There's that, that view that you see. were talking about. Yes. Okay. And they had lived there since the 1960s, as the letter okay. mentioned. Okay. Yep. They are the only people in the neighborhood who had been there since the 1960s. Wow. When they told Detective Lugo, who's the detective on the case, he said he had already brought Michael in for an interview. So that was also at the police's forefront of their minds that Michael denied knowing anything about the letters. Lugo did say the narrative of what Michael said did kind of match things in the letters, though. Like, he kind of talked like the letters. He talked about the house, I guess, and being there since the 60s. But they had no evidence. So after a few weeks, the police chief said that there wasn't much he could do. They did run the DNA. They had some DNA found on the envelope. They ran it, and they discovered that it was the DNA of a woman. So that rules Michael out as well. Mm-hmm. So the search turned toward his sister, Abby Langford. Abby was a realtor. The theory came that maybe she was scorned by not getting the sale of the house. So it all comes down to money at the end. Um, They were able to secretly grab her DNA off of one of her discarded water bottles. Mm -hmm. And she was not a match. At the time, they couldn't tell this information to Derek and Maria. So without any details, they just told them that they had ruled out the Langfords as suspects. And so why couldn't they tell them this information? I don't really know. Maybe just like an active investigation. They don't reveal all that, but I'm not sure. How they did it, what they did. They did just kind of like, follow uh, Abby around and got yeah. a water bottle out of that she discarded it. And yeah. Joseph James that. D'Angelo would like to ask the same question. Yeah. So they're, they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. The police yes. are looking into. Absolutely. The neighbors mm-hmm. at least. It, okay. The Langfords to begin with at least. The Langfords. Okay. So Derek and Maria are not satisfied with this. So they begin their own investigation. Derek creates a map displaying each of the neighbors and when they had moved in. As I mentioned, only the Langfords had been there since the 60s, so that crossed off, that checked the box of when they had moved in. Yes. He also did an overlay on this map marking possible sight lines for the easel and a circle for range of earshot to see who might could have heard Maria calling the kids' names mm-hmm. in the backyard. Okay. And only a few homes fit, so that narrowed their search. But also, if 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 you listen to some of the letters and, and read them, on, you can look them up online, too. Yes. Um, if you go back and listen, they say they maybe, they, that they walk by right. many times a day. So, I understand you want to rule out the neighbors with an earshot, and, but... If they're just walking by on a regular basis several times a day, mm-hmm. they, they'll be able to be an earshot. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and also easy to figure out, especially if you put a camera and point it towards the curb in front of your home. Yes. Right? Where are we, Katie, with cameras? Have the Protestants have the put out cameras? This seems like a relatively easy problem to solve. Right. But I'm an idiot here today, so explain. Oh, and I have one question before we go any further. What about the letters themselves? Were they... Were they 
Was the grammar good? Was the punctuation correct? No, not I don't always. know anything about that. No, not okay. always. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, like I said, only a few homes fit, but my, that's where my thought process went to. Maybe it's not someone who lives. It says walking by. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say I'm sitting in my lawn. Yeah. It doesn't say I'm looking out my window to your window. Mm-mm. But they hire a private investigator who runs a background check on the Langfords. Derek reaches out to a former FBI agent who randomly served as the inspiration for Clarice Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. Shut the hell up. They were on a high school board of trustees together. Okay. So, he also hired Robert Linehan, another former FBI agent, to conduct a threat assessment. So, kind of... What is our actual threat here? Like, if we move into this house, what's the probability that this person's actually going to do something? You got a wife and kids. You got to figure out if it's safe for me to do this or you got 30 days to not buy the house, right? No. Right. So, what? No. No. They they have purchased this house. This is their house. (laughs) Too late. They have started renovation. Okay. There's not a 30 day back out window on home purchases. So, they're stuck with it. You sign that deed, you're. Understood. I mean, it's their home. What did they say about the threat assessment? So he didn't think that the watcher was likely to act on the threats, but said that the letters had enough typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. Sorry, I jumped ahead. No, no, no. It was a great question. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Okay. So, okay. So he recommended looking into former housekeepers and their descendants, saying that the, the letters seemed to be formed out of jealousy. Well, because one of the letters talks about uh, roaming the halls and imagining, mm. you know, mingling with the rich occupant. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, I could easily see how it would, it it could would be go in that yes. direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the broadest is they, I mean, they were still set that it was the Langfords. And really, I mean, I, I've never been in the position of the Broadduses, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge them too much on this, but is it possible that they have zeroed in on them because of Michael's diagnosis? And it really feels that way. Yeah, because that we we know that the DNA is not a man's. But did they and, know at the time? Yes, they did know mm-hmm. that it was not. Yes, okay. but you know, I guess they could say, "Well, someone else handled the envelope. Someone else sealed the envelope." You know, mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to throw us off. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure their mind is going. Mm-hmm. In all you can justify anything. In your own mind. That's true. They sent a letter to the Langfords announcing plans to tear down the house, hoping for a response like a, no, you can't uh-huh. tear it down. No, but nothing. They don't, they don't hear anything back. That's because the Langfords don't care. The Langfords are not responsible. Yeah. The police hold a second interview with Michael. Okay. N- nothing. The Broadduses hire Lee Levitt, who is a, he's an attorney to meet with the Langfords to show them how their home was one of the few places that could see the easel. He's kind of showing them all the evidence that points towards, Hey, this really looks like you. Nothing comes of that either. The broadest is, I mean, they're going crazy at this point. They're having dreams about this scenario. I guess more or less nightmares about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, their private investigator comes up with some other suspects that they think are possible. There are two sex offenders within blocks of the house, which Ugh. to me seems crazy in this. I would, I would feel in like that part of the world that this neighborhood would screen against that. But I guess you, 
maybe you can't. Maybe, I know you have to register, but maybe in a home buying process, maybe you don't have to disclose that. I don't know how that works. I bet that would vary from state to state. Would maybe it not? so. I need to look into, I should have looked into that. But I don't know. Uh, another one of the suspects the PI came up with was the couple behind 657. They kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the property line facing 657. Just like I just look at the house? It's That's how it appeared. They got their son in looking straight at 657. Okay, well, uh, I would probably look into them. Yes, because, you know. Yeah, worth, I, worth a mention. My layout chairs are by my pool, like, facing my house. Mm-hmm. I'm not facing. Yes. Now, I don't have any close neighbors, but. I, I was going to say. If I did, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't turn them facing them. I, right. I would want to be at least my back to them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but that's just know, me. Old folks, bottle of vodka, nothing to do on a Tuesday afternoon. You point the chairs toward the neighbors and hope something crazy happens, or you make something crazy happen. Perhaps. <laughs> are you telling us what your afternoon activities are? I Scott? will refuse to comment on that question. I invoke my Fifth Amendment rights. Good for you. So they even bring in a priest to bless the house. So, you know, when we've, when we've brought the priest in, things are getting dire. Mm-hmm. They have now sold the home that they are living in currently, not 657, because they had a house, they bought 657, and then they were in the process of selling their house. <laughs> so they have nowhere to go. Well, they don't have another home that they have to go. Yeah, they've so, got nowhere to go. They're stuck with this house that they purchased for $1.3 million. Well, they move in with Maria's parents and they can't even move in. They're not, they're, they're not even moving into their new beautiful right. home that they're so excited about. But they're still paying the mortgage oh. and they're still paying the property taxes. It's so mm. sickening. Probably dirt cheap in New Jersey too. Oh, which are <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. We just got our property tax bills, and I want to complain about oh, that. God. And in the state of Alabama, anyone the lowest property taxes in the nation in Alabama. And I'm yes. still, I'm still mad about it because yeah. they keep going up. Yes, I mean, at one point, I think it's estimated that while the house is sitting there vacant and they're not moved in, that they've probably spent about a hundred grand in property taxes. Jeez, Ugh. that's a lot. Sickening, sickening. You still have to keep up the maintenance, like shoveling the driveway it snows in westfield new jersey something we don't get here but right if we're in alabama you may have to go rake the leaves yeah that's the worst well and you know what i bet because of all this you start hitting people in the wallet like this and then you're also terrifying them and calling their children's names in letters and i'm i'm guessing derek's wanting to find whoever it is and Punch him right in the face. Yes, because Derek's the one getting up at 5 a.m. to go shovel his own driveway, go back to his in-law's house, and then shoveling their driveway because that's what you do. You've moved in with your in-laws. You shovel their driveway. You don't expect them to wake up and shovel it for you so you can go to Manhattan to go to work. Right, right. They didn't tell everyone about the letters. So they have a lot of questions on why they're not moving in. Right. The neighbors are probably mm-hmm. thinking, what's what's up with these people? And they haven't even told all their friends. So. They're telling people that they're having, it's legal issues. That's why they're not moving in. That's the excuse they keep using. So people automatically think they're getting a divorce. Oh, gosh. Like they're, The like, old rumor mill. Mm-hmm. Of course. Legal issues. Oh, they're getting a divorce. They don't oh. know who's getting the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, they are fighting constantly because I'm of sure. this. And they both have to begin taking sleeping medication because they can't sleep. And they have small children. Yes. Like, I think the oldest is 10. Yeah, they have, they, it's, that's, uh, 
10, yeah. 7, and 3, maybe? I think so. Something like that. But their mm-hmm. children are small. So Only two kids in the Netflix series, right? Yeah. So they yeah, changed they that part. And I understand. Older, and made older. Her, yeah, it made the girl a teenager, so she has that angst. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're both, they're both fighting depression mm-hmm. from this. Maria is diagnosed with PTSD. Six months after the letters, they make the, the firm decision they're going to sell the house. They can't move in. Shop Cherokee County first before you go out of town or shop online, Scott. Visit many retail businesses here in Cherokee County. And do yeah. you, you want to know why? Please tell me. Okay. They are faithful to support our local schools, our sports teams, our clubs, our community nonprofits, and more. So keeping your money here in the local economy, that's going to support all of that. Teresa and Joy do a great job at the chamber. Amazon sucks. Shop local. <laughs> Absolutely agree. <laughs> local businesses provide jobs for you and your neighbors. So brought to you by the Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce. Shop local. I've seen you try to go out of town, Scott, and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. I don't trust myself to drive out of town. You better take your tail to the local shops from now on. Do you understand me? I will do a much better job of shopping (laughs) locally. Thank you for the Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce being a sponsor of the show and reminding us all to shop local. So the Post Herald here in Cherokee County is a uh, sponsor of True Crime on Easy Street, and we are conducting a subscription drive. What we want you to do is subscribe to the paper because in December, when the bowl matchups come out, we're going to put an entry list in the paper and only subscribers to the Post-Herald are eligible to win a $500 first place prize. You pick the most bowl game winners, you get 500 bucks. College football bowl games. College football bowl games. All right, so step one, subscribe to the Post-Herald. Call 256-927-4476 to subscribe to the paper for as little as $20 a year, depending on your zip code. If you're right here in town, it's 20 bucks. All right. That sounds wonderful. Rumors had already began to swirl as the house said empty. And one thing about empty houses, they don't sell well. The longer a house sits empty, the worse it, the market is. On like it. it gets a reputation in the neighborhood or among the realtors or something. Is that is that fair to say? Not ex- it's. I don't know what it is about life in a house that helps it sell, but like that's why you stage homes when they're brand new. You bring in furniture. Yeah. You put pictures out. You light a fire. You make it look lived. You bake in. a pie in the oven. It's there's something about that that makes a house sell better. So. When interested buyers are coming around, they are sending partial disclosure letters to these buyers. And they told the realtor that they, if they got a real offer, they were going to disclose the letters fully. Mm-hmm. So, let me, so let me ask you guys this. If you were going to buy a home and you were making a serious offer and the owners come at you and they say, well, we got these three letters. Mm-hmm. Would you go on and buy the home? I think some renegotiations would take place. I tell you, I don't know how much, if I'm being honest, I don't know how much it would affect me, but Shane Givens would 1000% say, no, we out. Being the lawyer that no, he, he is. No, he just doesn't like spooky stuff. Okay. Oh, that's right. We've talked about how he does. He's uh, he has this thing about spooky things. If you tell him there was also a ghost in the attic, like he'd be like, "No, like you could be joking." He'd be like, Mm-mm. "I make jokes about us having a ghost sometimes," and he's like, "I will literally put this house for sale tomorrow." 
<laughs> but I think definitely most people would use that as a negotiation tactic. I think that least. would be the, and, uh, uh, is there any suspicion that, I don't know, is it possible that they made the whole damn thing up because they realized they had theories okay. at the end. All right. Sorry. Yeah. That, that, uh, they yeah, made Katie, it up to get out from under it. Katie's going to cover that. Um, sorry. But that is, that was definitely, that's what happens that when around. you're the dummy. You don't know what's coming up next. No, but that's good. You're, mm-hmm. you're asking really good questions. You're coming up with good theories and okay. we'll get, we'll definitely well, cover it's, that. It's the liquor talking. <laughs> Their realtor told them they were being unnecessarily forthcoming, but they could only think about what they would have done. Because she's worried about her commission. The sure. realtor's like, wait a minute. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'll handle this. Yeah. But they said they could only think about what they would have done had they known about that previous owner's one letter that they had got. They end up filing a lawsuit against the previous owners. But spoiler alert, that doesn't go anywhere. Uh, no. You can't they blame them for have, trying. They didn't have the letter, and the, both of the previous owners said, "Yeah, we got a letter, but it was really no big deal. There were no threats. It wasn't, you know, it was it was weird at at best, and we threw it away. We didn't think anything about right. it." Once word got out to all the other neighbors, they're not happy. They're they believe that the investigation wasn't done properly because the police didn't talk to every neighbor in the neighborhood. They didn't let them know what was going on. They didn't ask them about it. You would think everybody in the neighborhood that would have been a, an entire neighborhood canvas and talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're the neighbor that Joe Friday knocking on your door, just the facts, ma'am. Yeah, I've got some questions. Exactly, but if you um, were the neighbor, one of the neighbors, and you were not responsible for these letters. You would want to know that this is happening and that someone talked to you and yeah. they're ruling everybody out. Yeah, I'm on I'm on their side. Yeah. I'm not nuts. Right. Don't don't put me in the same hole with but whoever the idiot is who's sending this letter. But also, wait a minute, there's a creepo in the neighborhood. Yes. We yeah. deserve what shouldn't we deserve to know about it? Now I feel unsafe. I, I'm on this street too and mm-hmm. someone's getting crazy letters. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know. Now I'm about to write you a letter, Sergeant Johnson, and you're not gonna like what it says. <laughs> now yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. I live in a small neighborhood like Elizabeth Baker, she listens to this podcast. Oh, love Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. If Elizabeth got these letters (laughs) and like didn't let me know about it, I'd be like, hey, we got to, if same thing, I'm sure if I got these letters and didn't let Elizabeth know about it, she'd be like, hey, you're not going to tell me someone's walking around watching your house? Let's not end up on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Right. 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 So the Zillow listing for this house is so sad because, you know, they, of course, they list it for more than they bought it for because they put 100, 100,000 or so in renovations. You can't blame them for trying. And then right. you watch it just drop and the price drop and they're dropping it. And then eventually they pull it. Oh. And it's off the market for a while. But in the spring of 2016, they put it back on the market. Their real estate lawyer proposes that they sell the lot to a developer who could tear the house down and put two houses in its spot because it's the largest lot in the neighborhood. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, by splitting the lot in half, it makes the two lots just a few feet each shot of the mandated 70 feet that the oh. lot has to be. So they're each like 67 and something feet if they, if they split it in two. So they put a proposal into like the community planning board or, or whoever the to approve this lot split. Yeah. And it is denied hard. Yeah. That, yeah what? Definitely. It yeah. solves everybody in the neighborhood's problem. It really does. No, these neighbors don't care that this house hasn't sold. No. 
No. They don't okay. solve their problems. I mean, but I get it. Like, I mean, it, it, I couldn't see that passing in any neighborhood. You have a hard 70-foot okay. line, okay. and you want to put these... You're going to build these two houses. Now I got twice on, as many neighbors and more cars in, and more kids and more noise. I get in it. a smaller area. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Of course it didn't pass. Okay. And we're all abiding by that rule. Yeah. The rest of us in this neighborhood. Right. Guess what? You do too. Yeah. Yep. Eventually, they're able to rent the house. They have a clause in their lease that says that um, it'll let the renters out of the lease if another letter arrives. So they've rented it. And if they, if so, they, they are going full disclosure. Yeah. And if the renters get a letter, they can get out. Yes. Okay. Two weeks later, another letter arrives. Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. Yeah. Well, I'm the fuck out of there. Um, they agreed to stay. If the renters are in like, defiance. Yeah. yeah, these idiots. They're from New Jersey. They're like, I'm Jersey. No. Screw these guys. They said they'd stay if the Broadduses installed cameras. So, yes, Scott, this is the first time cameras have been brought up or mentioned. Seems like that might have been an oversight to Would begin have been with. my first yeah, thing. Day one. And, you know, in the one episode of The Watcher that I have watched, they, they get the cameras up pretty fast mm-hmm. because that just defies explanation that you don't. So, in 2019, the home finally sells to an anonymous buyer for $959,000. I was going to say for like nine ninety nine. They lost $400,000 in the sale, but it did finally sell in 2019. $400,000. For a, peace of mind? How much is peace of mind? How much does that cost? Okay. In this case, it was four hundred grand. Well, they look back and they're like, should we have just taken this hit sooner? But, you know, like... Right. But yeah, Scott, we've got some theories here as to what could have happened. All right. Some have theorized that they were suffering from buyer's remorse and they just wanted out. And so they start this whole crazy. I get it. But there's also that the case of the letter that the previous owners, but maybe that's where they got the idea. And also the first letter was sent two days before the home closed. Yeah. And, um, I don't get buyer's remorse. I don't think I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't either. Because they could have just put it up for sale. 
Yeah, I mean, why would they? Without all of the negative publicity. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they could right. have gotten more. As you, you started out this episode telling us that people want to be in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put a for sale sign in your yard in this neighborhood. Right. And they started uh, renovations immediately, too. You don't yeah. do that if you didn't want the house to begin exactly. with, either. You're mm-hmm. automatically sinking more money into it. Right. Right. Yeah, Some people point. theorize that they couldn't afford the home and were concocting an elaborate scheme to get out of the sale. This man was a vice president at an insurance company. He knows how the real estate market works. You don't get out of a sale like this. Mm-hmm. You go to that closing, you sign those documents, that house is yours. And this area is not known to be a creepy area. The the Maria, her, yes. she grew up blocks mm-hmm. away from this house. Yeah, I don't I don't understand any scenario where the creepiness of these letters and the everything that's surrounding this house helps the people who may have buyer's remorse right. to get rid of it in a in a fashion that benefits them financially. They're going to lose hundreds of thousands right. like they did. There's no way that that makes sense to me. But I think that part of that yet. has to do with, did Derek not send letters to the neighbors kind of trying to give them a taste of their own medicine? Yes. Quote, to try to like flesh out who oh, really? there was a letter sent out. Well, there's right. another indication that he's, just, he he's admitted, as mad about this as anybody. But he admitted to yes. sending those letters, right? Yes. And so that's why kind of a lot comes back on Derek. So yes. They then people are, but I think I understand that strategy. I mean, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna beat you at your own game. Whoever it is in the neighborhood, I'm gonna send everybody a letter, and whoever writes back, you're the idiot. But he sent it out as the watcher, did he not? Uh, All right, well, that's there's, yeah, there's there's a hole in that boat. That's why there's a a lot of people that look at that. I just don't buy that it's them doing it. No, I don't either. And because some look like they're digging into him, they're like, it's very interesting that in the course of a decade, you know, 10 years. That you went from, you lived in a $315,000 house. Mm -hmm. Then you moved into a $770,000 house. And now you've moved into a $1.3 million house. That's the American dream. And that is exactly what Derek comes back and says. They're like, who does that? And he's like, it's America. Someone who has a job and has been steadily getting promotions. Climbing my way up the corporate ladder. What did you say, Katie? An insurance agent at a big Manhattan firm? Big insurance company. Well, shit. That's exactly how that works. He's moved up to vice president. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. He can afford 657 bucks. He is the very definition of how it's supposed to work in this country. Right. And like I said, they capitalism. Bought, they bought this house right after he turned 40. So that decade from 30 to 40, that is like when your career that's, that's moving and shaking. In this type of industry, yeah, like those would be his prime mm-hmm. years. So that I didn't buy Yeah, that's that that's a bullshit theory. They also were questioning uh why do they keep renovating a home they're not moving into? Because they get, they hadn't decided they weren't moving in yet. I mean, you know, they're still Mm-hmm. And once you start a renovation, you can't just stop. It's if if you want the value of the home to keep increasing, you know. Well, and you right. can't just you can't really live there while it's happening. I mean, depending on how extensive the renovations are. I mean, if they're going to redo the entire first floor, well, shit, you got to stay at mom's house until it's finished, which is what they did, right? His in laws. Well, they were they were staying in the home. They hadn't sold their old home yet. Okay. But but when they did, they moved, they moved in with the in-laws. They did not move into... They wanted the to move into this new house, pristine and beautiful, and have it be their dream home. It was mm-hmm. going to be the home, probably, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, that they were going to spend the rest of their lives together yeah. in. I yes. would assume so. This it was, was, it their, was the big, it was, this was the big one. Mm-hmm. It was their forever home. Mm-hmm. And then this asshole showed up with his letters. Mm-hmm. Her letters. Her letters. Some people theorize that he was cooking up some kind of insurance fraud. 
Once again, there's not insurance claims for creeps who send letters. No. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a policy that you can purchase. No. Although perhaps it should be, at least in New Jersey. But you don't know who it is. And there's not been, I mean, these letters, I think we can all agree, are pretty threatening, especially to the yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, and especially that last one, for yeah, sure. Not innocuous at all. There's there's a threat level there. That there's a threat You're concerned there. for the safety of your family. You've also got somebody who's well-read. Yeah. I mean, their grammar, you know, the uh, the the grammar mistakes and things like that. But but it um, reads well, like it's, it's yeah, very they poetic. Have a, a big imagination. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. I mean, that and that's why I asked that question. When you started reading those letters, you got through a couple of them, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, is that word for word the way this was written? Because if it is, that was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody is, with some acumen for writing mm-hmm. wrote composed those letters. Yes, those are word for word. Okay. But there are things misspelled and bad punctuation sure. and things like that. So not an English teacher, but no. maybe an English student. I would think it would be someone who has read a lot of yeah. books over the years. Yeah. Because you read books and you pick up on words. You don't necessarily That's pick true. up on yeah. grammar. Somebody who spends a lot of time alone and has a lot of books in their house. Wait a minute. I just described me. Mm. <laughs> but a lot of people... You mentioned the safety of the kids. Some people doubted Maria's commitment to her family's safety because she had a public Facebook with pictures of her kids on it and people thought that she should take that down if she's worried about someone really? watching her children. Well, then we're all in a world of shit mm-hmm. if that's how that works because we've all got pictures of our family on Facebook, right? Well, and the watcher is dropping little hints. You say their names often, you know. Right. They, they're, they're dropping hints so that they know... I've been around and I've heard I've heard you. I've mm-hmm. seen you unloading carfuls, made mention of the dumpster. You know, it's not someone that's that's just seeing their stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's someone who's there very close walking by every day, maybe living very close. Well, and isn't that a bit of an of an assumption that this person whoever wrote these letters don't you call your children by their names? You don't say, hey, you, mm-hmm. hey, dipstick. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, Katie. You say, hey, Colin. You call your kids by their names. That's a relatively easy assumption to I make. Think, I hear you call your kids by their names. I think that the point of that statement yeah. was to let them know, you know, when Katie said that they, when the kids would get out of their sight, they would call okay. them back. All right. They were, they were yelling at their the kids The implication is, I can hear you. I can hear what you're saying. I know you're nervous. I know right. you're calling them back to you. You say their names a lot. You right. Know, okay, I get it. Kind of thing. Yeah. In my personal opinion, yes. that's what, why I think that was in there. Okay. I agree. It is worth a mention that the police did test Maria's DNA against the DNA found on the envelope, and she was not a match. Okay. Because if, you know, if we're kind of getting out like, oh, Maria, you're so scared about your children, but you put them on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and then last thing I'm going to say is the last theory was that they were angling for a movie deal. That's a lot of money. Well, that worked out. That's a lot of money to lose. I wonder what they got. Movie deal, right? I don't know. What did they get for the rights to their story? If they got a million bucks, they made 600 grand. I don't know what. I'm just saying. They sold it to Netflix in, was it 2018? Yes, because, um, I, well. Yeah, I think that's right. Because or Netflix bought the rights. I'm mm-hmm. not saying but they that sold may, it. That theory may be the biggest stretch of all because who thinks, how weird does this have to be before Netflix comes knocking on our door and wants to make a 10-part series about it? Exactly. Let's just keep going and see. Because Lifetime, there was a Lifetime movie done kind of 
about this story and it was unlicensed and they sent them a cease and desist on it, but it got they got away with it because the couple in it was biracial and the home there was there was a few like pieces where there was enough difference. There was enough difference guess, in yeah. it. Yeah. And so but yet lifetime they grabbed this up before Netflix did. That's <laughs> but then I believe and and I I don't know if you can actually find it out there, but a lot of the articles and things that report on this, you know, Netflix bought these rights in 2018, mm-hmm. and then there was an agreement with the family to make sure that the family in the show was different, very, yes. very different from them. For them not to be found out it. by happenstance. Mm-hmm. Well, they just didn't want it like a change their last name, change the age of the kids, right? Portrayal yeah. so that they had to sit there and be picked because you know you're still going to get little things wrong, and then it just yeah. be picked apart and relive this time in their life. Right. Yeah. And in the show they have, uh, the husband has a history of, you know, just blowing money and misusing his money. And he's done some sketchy things. He's got a sketchy loan in the, well, that yeah, just, that just movie. enhances the uncertainty about who might ultimately be responsible for doing this. Right. Now, if you make the family, also suspects, then you you've just, increased it, the suspect pool. Well, it just gives them a, a juicy backstory. Yeah, it's something else to add to the story. Telling and right that by by but all I mean, accounts, that's not act. That's not something that they got from Derek. But that did cross my mind. I mean, in you, I mean, gambling is legal in New Jersey. You can go over to Atlantic City and and get in trouble at the casinos if you're so inclined. And so I'm not going to gambling. Definitely ran through my head. Mm-hmm. when yeah, we started was, talking about this and who knows right that was never brought up in this now okay in the show he had had bankruptcy in the past yes. and he was over leveraged and okay. he didn't get the promotion he was supposed to get but in in real life he seems to, he's he's doing fine none of that that was just for dramatic purposes to enhance the yes he's not the the man in story. the story is not like Derek by all accounts yeah. I would assume that Derek in real life would like you to know that yeah. <laughs> well, and and one thing I'll say about the the actor who portrays the the male mm-hmm. in the Bobby Cannavale, he is he looks like a gangster. I mean, he's played a he's played gangsters a lot in his career and <laughs> in, in the movies. And I'll bet you that part of the reason why they cast him in that role was to give you that inclination in the back of your head. This guy might be up to something sinister. Just again for dramatic purposes. He's he's just That's a, a guess. He's a really good actor. He's a fantastic actor. So I, he, I watch everything he's in. He does a really a great job in the show. Mm-hmm. He really does. Um, yeah, they all do. But they're very different from the actual family, and the story is very different. Even the letters are different in the show. Uh, that I think the first two or three, and they, I think they pull from all four of them. I think they kind of mash them together. They do. Okay. Um, Again, they, for dramatic they're purposes. Different. They're, the letters in the show get ev- even more creepy and more violent and okay you know oh more than it, more than actual it makes yeah. you okay they go in the show they go really into that young blood uh-huh they as, do. A, as okay. a um as a uh creep factor for the kid no like as a pedophile literal, aspect a literal young blood like we blood. are drinking like a blood the blood cult. of yeah. children oh okay yeah. yes all right well, you know what? I, I'm glad that we cleared that up because if people watch this and think that it happened just the way that the show describes it mm-hmm. or lays it out, then now that you know that it wasn't nearly as morbid, mm-hmm. if that's the right phrase. I mean, this is how Hollywood works. They take a story and they, you know, yeah. add some 
mm-hmm. sugar and spice and everything nice. And, and so it- to to be able to put a nice Christmas bow on top of our story today, we can I see what you're doing. It's the holidays. We can't do that for you because yeah. this case remains unsolved to this day. Right, Katie? Yes, they do not know who the watcher is. Well, wow, that's two weeks in a row we've done an unsolved case no on this one, podcast. No one has come forward and said, I'm the watcher, have they? Has there Have there been any mm-hmm. false confessions, you know, no. all, any of that? Mm-mm, not that I've seen. No one is uh, claiming to be the watcher. I'm sure Derek and Maria would still love to know who this is that cost them $400,000 in the very least. Yeah, and, the, and their peace of mind, I think it still, mm-hmm. still haunts them. And as far as we know, they've only received the four letters. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. the four. Yep. Maybe it was D.B. Cooper's second act. <laughs> and like I said, the the buyers in 2019, they were anonymous. So we haven't heard if they've received any letters or. I'm sure that there's a lot of traffic by this house just because of this story. Mm-hmm. So they probably get tired of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, well, we've. I was going to say, let's not give away the address, but we already did. So the address Oops. is. The, I mean, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, that's. The, that you is can't public. do that's knowledge. half the story. I was going to say you can't do the story without. Yeah. Without the address, six fifty seven Boulevard. That was freak. That freaked me out a little bit today, guys. That was yeah, you guys nailed one. that thoroughly. Or, yeah, this is this. This is the end of the story of the Watcher House. Maybe we'll give an update someday. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good news update and not a bad news uh, update. Don't hold your breath. We get too many of those. I don't see it happening. I yeah. don't see us getting to an end on this one ever. Well, I didn't know anything about this. I came in as a genuine dummy today. All I had ever watched was that first episode of the Watcher, and I am so enlightened by what you guys have told me today that I'm going to go back and watch. Naomi and Bobby finished this story on Netflix <laughs> because I love it. I, I, you guys did a fantastic job today. I'm 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 so happy to know the two of you. Oh, thank Thanks, you. Scott. All right, shut up. I didn't mean to get all sappy. Uh, guys, don't forget to check us out on uh, truecrimeateasystreet.com. You can send us an email if you like. You can uh, give us a five star review on Apple iTunes, or you can keep it to your fucking self. He means if it's not a five-star review. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I probably dropped too many F-words today. I'm going to hear from Teresa at the chamber tomorrow. Mm. Get him, Teresa. Good night, everybody. <laughs>